Welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Jacob Dahlin, your host here today uh, from American International University outside of Min- uh, outside of uh, Massachusetts or in Minnesota, Massachusetts. Uh, Alexander Malinovsky uh, from Lean Shopping originally, right? Yep, that's yep. correct. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products. For the U.S. market, you can find us at skinlux.com. Good so, to be here. Uh, so I have several people that that have hit me up and said you should have Alexander on on and and I think we were connecting back in August and and now it's around Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So so we finally finally connect. It's good. Yeah. It, it's I have to say that it's getting a little tricky because I reached out to a lot of people and talked to different people and. And uh, you got a lot of I got a lot of um, bait in the in the in the water, so to speak. And it's yeah. easy to, to lose someone that you've connected with. So I kind of I kind of lost you there for a second, but all, all my fault. So <clears throat> so I wanted to have you on kind of talk a little bit about later on. We'll talk about college hockey. And uh, you've got several Swedes on the on the same team there, which is kind of u- unique. Uh, thought we may talk a little bit about future stars, Mike McCarthy, uh, and, and a little bit on um, how you ended up in 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 the U.S. Juniors and then now in college playing NCAA D1. So, but let's let's start like we normally do. We go back to the to the roots. Um, it says Elite Prospects says um, uh, Lean Chipping's your home, right? Yep, that's correct. Born, born and raised in Lynn Shopping. And then you ended up staying there. Local product, stay there for hockey gymnasium. Yep, yep, that's correct. I was there uh, my whole three years of the hockey gymnasium. So yeah, uh, I think I had a total of what is it, thirteen years in the club or something like that. So yeah, yeah, we'll talk about club in my heart later on. But I, I got <laughs> a feeling that that it may be maybe close by there. Lean Shipping, mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second because I think Lean Shipping, very, very strong hockey gymnasium um, with, with kind of a, um, you know, been producing a lot of their own products for a long time that doesn't travel too far. They recruit from the local area. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine just sent me some stats about Lean Shipping. His son is going there and seems like that they they have a really good model there to um to foster up and then have the ability to go up through their juniors and um and so on what is that kind of the same same feeling yeah i mean i feel like uh, as you said lynch shopping is um considered to be one of the best hockey gymnasiums in sweden and uh you know i was very fortunate to be able to get a spot there and um yeah i mean i agree lynch shopping is you know has a history of kind of you know uh raising their own players and trying to get their own players into their lineup um obviously you know having been there so long i still follow the team and uh i uh you know this year for example they have a uh pretty good number of juniors for example and that's kind of how lynch shopping uh does it and you know was uh one of the reasons why i wanted to stay and try and get a shot um so yeah no and and was it a was it always a guarantee that you were going to end up there from i know you played tv puck tournament for estate and then you got the recruitment was it 
was it always hey this is where i want to go yeah i mean in my mind uh you know since i've been a kid i've dreamt about going you know all the way up into the pro team in lynch shopping and um i uh i actually talked to uh, you know the, the the coaches and stuff there um kind of you know a while before the selection and they were saying how you know i didn't really need to worry about it because they were you know gonna get, hold me a spot so um i i never really thought about going anywhere else uh going into hockey gymnasium to be honest yeah so for those who for the u.s canadian listeners or people outside of sweden where is lean shipping i mean what would you how would you describe where lean shipping is um well we're kind of lucky when i get that question because you know we're kind of, we're relatively close to stockholm so i i always say that we're one and a half hours south of stockholm and then people will get a pretty good good idea of where yeah. they're shopping. Now, I, I, you know i grew up in lexand and and i think that when i think of lean shopping i kind of think of almost like Örebro, it's center of sweden even though yeah. geographically it's not center of sweden it is mm -hmm. pretty central and not a huge city but good sized city with with an elite hockey team is hockey always been kind of the the big sport there <laughs> excuse me yeah yeah i mean hockey i i don't think it's because of my bias because you know i'm a hockey fan but uh you know growing up i remember you know as soon as there was a hockey game uh, at home you know it felt like the whole city was talking about it leading up to that week and leading up to that game so yeah hockey's definitely been you know lynch shopping sports for as long as i can remember yeah yeah but um but not easy so you you go there what was your what would you study in gymnasium uh so i i studied um nature science basically and uh, not okay. the, uh, the program as it's called okay. uh, and you know a lot of biology chemistry and phys physics even though that maybe wasn't my favorite you know subjects in school but i uh i wanted to take it because i know it's uh, it's a great education yeah and was that kind of uh, so lean chip and also pretty pretty strong academically but um wasn't a always um uh, you know you could have taken an easier route than than um than going the hardest i mean that's really the hardest program that you can take in in gymnasium right yeah. i mean one would argue mm -hmm. um i mean for me i've always kind of been a little bit of a you know study head like i i i've always had it pretty good in school and you know my my parents told me early when i started playing hockey that uh, even though i, I want to be a hockey player i can't just give up on school and that's kind of something that stuck with me so um i academically i just feel like you know there's always going to be a, an after hockey even if that's in you know one year or 10 years or 15 years and you know i want to be able to have an education that can help me you know find a path outside of hockey too so yeah no that's awesome but then mm -hmm. uh so three years in in uh in lean shipping and then you finish gymnasium but then you end up your last year of juniors you end up transferring to to malma power program yeah. i mean lean shipping one of the top programs but malma at the time um i mean if you look at the roster i think they had three or four draft picks on that roster was that the covid year 20 uh, yeah, I, I I think I was looking. Was that 2021? 
Yeah, that's correct. That was the COVID year. Yeah. What 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 made you go there? I mean, I I I think that's a here's an interesting kind of little side track to talk about. But just because you go there and you had a lot of points, it's hard to make the SHL team in lean chipping, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that was kind of you know my logic when I when I transferred to Malmo because I I just didn't feel like I was gonna get the opportunity in lean chipping. Um, you know, even though I was fighting for my spot, um, I, uh, yeah, I just didn't end up getting the possibilities or, uh, opportunity to kind of try and fight for a spot in Lynn shopping. And that's where, um, I decided to go to Malmo cause I felt like I had a, maybe I had a better chance if, you know, you get a few fresh pair of eyes to look at you as a hockey player. And, um, yeah, that's kind of why I decided to go there. Yeah. And then you get a couple of games with SHL team. Uh, of course, I think Malmö at the time in the SHL team wasn't necessarily uh, – they've been struggling the last few years, but and but that provides opportunities for you as the young guy, right? Yeah, and that was also what I had in my mind too, that you know I know that they've had some struggles in, in the past. And you know you kind of look at rosters and see like how many juniors are – already in the team and kind of stuff like that and yep. uh yeah with those uh value then that's kind of how i decided to for for malma and then i mean obviously it's not like you when you want to transfer you can choose whatever team you want it's kind of you know who's interested in you and vice versa so um well but i i felt like malma was a great fit uh, talk about that that decision making. Did you have an advisor that you kind of worked with, or how did how did that work? Yeah, um, at the time I had a advisor that uh, was helping, kind of you know reaching out to clubs, kind of see who would be interested, and you know you always talk about kind of how they see me as a player and kind of that thing. So my advisor did some calls, and you know he, he uh, asked if I wanted to go play in Mama, and then um, I had a uh, you know good good talk with uh with the coaches there and i had a i had a visit in at their facilities too and then uh, i decided to to go on that uh, opportunity yeah so and talk a little bit about i know offline we talk about i'm moving around a little bit trying to turn on some lights here at the uh, so I, I don't look like i'm in the in, in a hole but sorry about that um um so talk about future stars because i know we've had gustav bloom was on here william larson kevin marks norian um kim hilmerson a lot of people's gone through future stars uh showcase and and you're another one of those guys right yeah yeah for sure i think uh my first time going to future stars probably five years ago now four or five years ago and uh i you know i got recommended from a friend who lives up in uh, Stockholm uh, that he wanted me to come with him to this camp that he's gone to a, a couple of years and um, that's kind of where uh, I met Mike for the first time uh, Mike McCarthy uh, who runs the camp and you know he uh, he invited me to come back next year and then I've just you know gone every year um, is that you know, what you got is that where you got the interest in going over here to the to to, to the U.S. Yeah, um, I remember my first year when that's when uh, that was when I was going to Malmo. Uh, it was the first time that 
uh, I went to the camp and I remember Mike talking to me about, um, you know, if things doesn't work out, you know, in Sweden, you know, you, you don't get that SHL spot. Do you want that? You know, there's this path you can take in North America. And at the time I had no idea what that meant. Um, and then, you know, kind of, kind of after that is when that interest grew and I started thinking more about it. Yeah. What was your conversation with your parents about that? Cause I'm sure that they were, you know, behind the scenes and guiding you and this is your yeah. decision, but, but. So, uh, yeah, when, um, after that mama season, uh, you know, it got shut down because of COVID. Um, so, you know, I didn't really have that many options in, in, in Sweden. Um, and, you know, I started thinking what, what can I, what else can I do? And that's when my parents reminded me about, you know, this North American route, route that we've been talking about before. And, um and i i wasn't sure at the time because you know moving to another country across the atlantic it's it's pretty like, like pretty big, pretty big. Deal. yeah so um but i thought about i asked my advisor if he could try and find any teams that would be interested and um yeah fairbanks came up on the table and it at my what was first, the first what was yeah. the first impression when you're like you know yeah. you got all of all of north america and 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 Fairbanks comes up. Yeah. So it was it's kind of, it's kind of funny because my my advisor calls me. Uh I remember it was on a Friday. And he's like, Yeah, we found uh we found a team that's interested, um, Fairbanks. And I didn't I didn't recognize the name Fairbanks. I was like, Oh, where is that? He's like, Oh, it's it's up in Alaska. And I was like, Oh no. And I was like, Is that the only team? And he's like, For now, yeah um so that would mean you would have to move to alaska and stuff and then he said um yeah they're giving you over the weekend to take the decision so they they only gave me two days to take it's kind of a big decision to take yeah um and but i uh at first my first reaction was oh, i'm not gonna take it it's too far i don't want to live in alaska <laughs> and then, um and then i talked to my parents and they said alex you're not gonna get an opportunity like this ever again you don't know where this route can take you. And um, the worst thing that can happen is that, you know, you go home again and yeah. try to play here. So I uh, I decided to to take that, you know, chance. Was, so do you, th was that because of future stars that you got that connection or had they, was that directly through your advisor that had kind of. Um, well, so my advisor took the initial contact with them. Right. And then uh, they, they knew I, I knew Mike and, and Mike knows so many guys at Fairbanks too. So they talk with Mike and, you know, me and Mike talk with each other too. So Mike was definitely, uh, um, you know, a big help there at future stars for me to, you know, sign, kind of seal that deal. Yeah. So, uh, and, and what way did, so for those who don't know Fairbanks plays in the North American hockey league tier two, uh, you know, and, and has, has a solid program. I mean, it's up and down depending on each year, but, but certainly you did really well when you went there. Mm -hmm. Did you get tendered by them or how did it work for you coming in? Did, when they said, we want you, there's not necessarily a, a guarantee you that you were going to be on the starting, you know, lineup. Yeah. So um, because of the, the previous season, you know, got cut in half because or not half but cut it short because of covid uh the, the nahl in, introduced a supplemental draft okay so that 
so teams were able to kind of, like basically get you know eight extra draft picks that year and that's the draft i got selected in by fairbanks because okay. that was that was the way like for them that saves tender spots and they could you know get me into the team so when at what point did you did you fly out so now you in your mind you're going to fairbanks mm-hmm. and what what time of the year was this so this was 21 uh, 22 season right yeah, so this was probably in May or June of 2021, okay. and and that would mean that I would have to fly. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of funny because back then there was travel restrictions with COVID, <laughs> and so I actually had to leave. Like I believe it was first of August, even though I I only had to report to Fairbanks like august 29th or something yeah. like that and it's is because i had to go to a non-european uh country and quarantine for 15 days before i could even fly into the u.s and where um, did you go so i ended up in mexico in mexico okay. city so uh, funny story i don't know if you listened to the episode with malta Hasselgren. Mm-hmm. so malta played in Falun, and then he played in uh he played in Huddinge, I think. Ended up in, with Lone Star Brahmas and he went to Turkey. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he had to go there the second year. And I asked him, I said, Well, why Turkey? Why why the, why did you go to Turkey the second? You had to leave after the first year or something. I can't remember. And he just went back to the same place. And I said, You could have he was in he was outside of Dallas and he could have just went to Mexico and he just flew to Turkey because that's kind of where he <laughs> it was a funny story uh such a cool kid and um uh, all of you guys that kind of went through that same same time period had to jump through a lot of hoops yeah it was yeah, yeah there was a lot of like kind of tricks you had to have up your sleeve when it came to that because so basically um during because of all the COVID stuff, it was impossible to get an uh, embassy time for a visa. Yep. To get the U.S. So basically, I I was there on like a ninety day visa thing or something like that. Yep. And and uh, that meant that I had to leave, you know, halfway through the season to kind of uh, because I couldn't be in the country, and so I managed to get a. Uh, embassy time in poland uh in on in december or something so i had to leave early to go to poland to get my visa and i was in poland for i think four or five days because you had to wait for the visa and stuff and then but it was it was kind of it kind of worked out pretty well for me because after i got my visa i flew straight home to sweden for christmas so i kind of went poland and sweden and then back to the u.s and uh that's kind of yeah so you kind of had i kind of had to leave the country and come back and stuff and kind of try and time it with christmas and it was uh but it worked out so the the, go back to the time in mexico so for 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 two weeks were you there by yourself or did you have other people that went with you um so there we were i think four or five guys that was all we were all going to the uh, nahl because we all um had the uh, same advisor at the time and uh, he knew a, he, had, he had a colleague or a friend in mexico <laughs> so we all stayed in uh, antonio it was his name and um he he let us stay in his house for uh, 
yeah, those 15 days. That must have been a eventful two weeks. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot happened. Like obviously, we were in like a gated community, but um, we still try to go and work out and stuff, and at the gym. And like there was, I remember there were protests in the street, and like so we couldn't even drive to the gym, so we had to walk like. I think it was like eight kilometers just to get to the gym and then <laughs> walk too, because you know we couldn't drive. Um, and then the water stopped working for like a full day or two because there was, you know, it was just a lot of stuff going on. But you know, it was it was sunny and good weather, so yeah, yeah. And then and then you go from Mex Mexico up to Fairbanks. So what was the first impression of, of Fairbanks, uh, Alaska? <laughs> um it's well a coastal, I, it's a coastal city right um firebanks is now it's kind of more central but okay. uh, it's if you go closer to like anchorage and stuff that's where you're gonna get to the coast and I, I, that's right anchorage is 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 the coastal that's right yeah. i've never been up to full, full disclosure never been to alaska uh <laughs> all new to me so yeah um yeah and then um I mean, it was when I got there, it was in August or early September. And, you know, so the weather was still kind of nice. So my first impression was like, oh, this is not, you know, as bad as I thought. Obviously, it was very remote. Like you can tell there was not a lot of people who were living there. Um, but I got really lucky because I had I got, you know, an amazing billet family that took care of me there. And um, yeah, so I had a good first impression. But then, you know, when the winter comes, it's it's very dark and cold. Um but you know, hockey kind of compensated for that. So yeah, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, but so you, but the positive thing is that you went from a completely unknown COVID year, uncertainty to yes, lots of uncertainty. But once you're there, you end up in a great league in the North American Hockey League, and you're killing it. Fifty eight games, seventy five points, uh, thirty three goals, and forty two assists on uh, decent numbers right you were tearing it up is really what you were doing yeah i mean it was um it was a it was a good season for sure yeah but but you've always been i mean if i look back you've always been um you know a sniper and a scorer i mean so for those who don't know you are um you know you're a winger and you're a you're not six three two two twenty uh, no. So you're there to score the score goals. Um, so, but how was it to, it's, it's, the game is so different. So how is J20 national versus North American hockey league? Um, as you said, it's very different for sure. Um, I would say like the biggest difference is um, in the NAHL that, you know, it's the pace of the game is just so much higher than in J20 because it's a lot of it has to do with uh, the size of the rink for sure. Because you know the the rinks uh, that we played on is smaller in the U.S. and you know so much more is happening. Um, but at the same time, um, in J twenty, you know, you you can tell the guys get you know very comfortable holding the puck and very smooth skaters, and it's kind of compared to the null where it's kind of you know it's it's very gritty and a lot of physical game and it's because you know you don't have as much time with the puck so so when you went there in august <laughs> did you bypass the main camp then so you didn't have to go to main camp but you went to training camp 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't, uh, the coach told me I didn't need to go to main camp. Uh, he wanted me to come straight to training camp. And then, yeah, after training camp is kind of when they gave the final decision. Um, yeah. And, but, you know, I got confirmation pretty early on that, you know, I was going to get a spot and stay. So, yeah. But it wasn't, it, it, that wasn't the case for everybody. I mean, how was it to be in that locker room where, you go from Sweden where the team is the team from the beginning and that's where it's pretty much going to be, you know, except for one or two guys that may move in and out, but not necessarily the case. Cause I'm sure in training camp, what you have 30, 30 players or so. Yeah. I think 30 and you know, four goalies or something like that. Yeah. And then they cut it back with basically a line. Yeah. At the first before, before started the, before the start of the season so i mean was it a lot of you know from first practice it was a lot of hard hits and yeah there yeah there was uh definitely a lot of physical play and i think we had a we had a few uh you know bare bare knuckle fights you know on the uh, on the ice too yeah uh, so yeah people and players yeah they were definitely trying to earn their spot on the team yeah <clears throat> but you had a couple of other Swedes. So we talked about Kevin Marks Norian, who was with three different teams that year. Did he start off in? I can't remember in my conversation with him. Did he start off in um, Fairbanks or he? No, he got traded there, right? Yeah. So he, he Fairbanks was his last team on that season. So he basically came into us like uh, a month or so before playoffs, I think. Okay. And then you had another. Uh, a big guy, six four two oh five, um, Luve Barival. Uh, not familiar yeah. with Luve, but Buros Regler product. Um, and he's playing Hockietta now, uh, back in Sweden. But was he there the whole time too? Yeah. So Luve and I actually lived together that year. Uh, oh, awesome. With the family. So, um. Yeah, he came in. We were actually on the same flight up to Fairbanks, so um, that was kind of cool, you know, to get know get to know him better already. You know, traveling. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was there the whole season. We lived together for a full year, and he's you know now a very good friend of mine. Yeah. So, and talk a little bit about the like. Did you guys experience the when the USHL makes their cuts and they start trickling down? <clears throat> when does that happen typically? Um, so I remember we got a few, one or two guys from the USHL pretty early on. I think it was some like, I think, uh, the USHL teams had played like, you know, just over 10, 10 games or a dozen games or something like that. And that's kind of when they, you know, either, yeah, trading or, you know, cut guys. And so, yeah, they kind of, you know, came down to us, a few guys there. What what was what was that like? I mean, is there? Did you know that was going to happen? And and did that make you nervous? And or was there a nervous nervousness among the team? You know, because yeah. when two guys yeah. are coming in, that means two guys are leaving, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It was obviously the guys were talking about it. Um, I was pretty comfortable at the time because you know I had a, a good start, and you know, um, they hadn't really talked to me about any possibilities of me getting traded, so. Um, but I remember there was guys that was nervous and, you know, uh, two of them ended up being traded. Um, and so, yeah, there was definitely a, a tension in the team at the time. Yeah. 
Is that, did, what's your opinion on that? Do you think that that's a good thing? I mean, I know that it's, it, it's not a fun thing to go through, but you know, it is certainly, you can't be comfortable at any, at any point. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I, I have mixed, mixed feelings about it. Like, as you said, like, obviously it cr creates uh, a feeling in the team that you always have to stay competitive and, you know, you don't, you're not comfortable in a spot, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of brutal how, you know, a guy can be in a team for a month and, you know, you know, start to know the guys and move across the country. And then, you know, the next day he could be traveling to the other side of the country and have to leave his friends. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a brutal system, but I mean, I guess it's effective. Yeah. So <clears throat> at what point, let's talk a little bit about it because you're at AIC now with a bunch of different Swedes. Uh, I was traveling back to the U.S. after this summer, and I was on the flight with three of them. I think <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. think you were on on it, but this was in uh, in middle of August, so uh, this year. But it was uh, it, it, it was pretty evident of who were hockey players on on that flight. But um, when did you start talking to colleges, and 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 at what point did you start getting, you know, hey, I may want to I may want to stay and play college hockey um so i mean I, when i first came over you know obviously i wanted to try and get a college spot somewhere but i wasn't 100 percent sure on it and then uh you know i i had a good start with uh with the team in in fairbanks and you know colleges started to reach out to me and kind of you know they that's kind of how they do it they reach out and give you information and stuff doesn't have to doesn't mean that they want to give you an offer a lot of times uh, you don't get an offer, but um, I started getting a few offers from some, from some schools in October, I think my first one. So it's already, you know, kind of early in the season. Um, and um, uh, I think AIC contact contacted me in November and I committed in December or something like that. Yeah. And <clears throat> walk us back to the showcase in Blaine, because we've talked with some other guys about, uh, with the uh, Gabe Vestling, he was, you know, he's in BCHL now, and Kevin and and Gustav. That weekend of 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 the showcase in Blaine, talk about. Were you aware of how big that really is? Yeah, I mean, I, I when guys were talking about, it, they were saying like, all oh, all the college scouts are gonna be there and stuff, and I I think before you kind of get there, you don't really realize how big of a thing it actually is. Cause they were right. It was literally every single school scout was there. Um, there was even NHL scouts. So it was, you know, it was crazy. And, um, you know, after every game teams kind of selected players that they wanted to talk to and stuff. Um, and you had a pretty good weekend. Yeah. I mean, I had a pretty good weekend, but the thing is, most of the teams actually didn't contact me till you know a few weeks after the the showcase because I was you know I was very new in the league and they re hadn't really you know seen me that much so they wanted to wait a few weeks before taking contact with me and you know mostly you know I talked to a, a, a good amount of teams and almost all of them said that you know they saw me at the showcase and then they wanted to wait a few weeks and then reach out I think. Only one school actually talked to me at the showcase. So I was after that, I was kind of worried. But then, you know, everything turned out pretty good. 
for those who don't know, what's it like to have that conversation? What are what are some of the what's a typical thing now when you've looked back and you've had several of those conversations? Because mm-hmm. they're fishing to find out, you know, can this guy count to three? Uh, does he look yeah. you in the eye? And, and but the, the other thing is, what's your plans? Are you are you planning on going back to Sweden or are you wanting to go to college? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, it's they ask kind of, you know, what my what my goals are and kind of where I want to you know end up at and then so they kind of get it you know a feeling of is he going to stay in the u.s or not yeah are we going to spend this time and energy on this guy if he's not even going to stay here um and then they ask a lot about your academics that you have you know good grades from high school and um you know kind of if there's been any issues with school or anything like that um and then i think the main thing is they just want to get a better feel of the person and not the player um and kind of you know you know what matters does he have when he speaks um is he you know just they look just about what kind of person he is i think those things are probably the things that they're looking for in those conversations yeah did you have any coaching about how to do those interviews ahead of time Uh, honestly not a lot i think my advisor talked to me a little bit about it and said kind of what they're going to be asking you and stuff but um, I felt like I got more comfortable with it with, you know, more teams started to reach out. So, um, but yeah, I, I had some good interviews for sure. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. And then, and then, uh, so that as the season goes on, you're established now, you get acclimated to the, to the new style of hockey. Yes. You had an, you had a very successful, you were producing there, you're living in a billet family. So you said, when did you get started getting contacted by, by AIC? Uh, probably in November. So that would be like two or three months after I got there. Okay. So at what point did it start getting serious and walk us through kind of, because I think this is really helpful for other kids that are in Sweden that are wondering like, what's it like? And, and I, you know, um, that's part of what we want to do is educate and inform so people can learn and, 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 oh, okay. Get a little bit of feel for what it's like. But at some point, you know, they've been talking and they're trying to figure out and did they come and say, we want to make a formal offer to you or how does that work? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think this was in December and, uh, Matt Woodard, the coach I was talking to at the time, he's you know still coaching me now. Uh, he, yeah, he said he wanted to. They were they were looking at making me an offer, but they want to see me play in person first. So okay. uh, Woody uh, actually flew down to Chippewa to watch me play them, and um, so he's he was only going to watch one game. So there was you know kind of a lot of pressure on me, but. Um, I think I had my best game of the season <laughs> that game. Uh, I think I had four or five points <laughs> just like when he was there. So he, I talked to him after the game. So they wanted, they kind of want to meet the player before they make an offer. So, uh, and then I talked to him after the game. And then the day after, they sent my formal uh, offer uh, about, you know, the scholarship and stuff. And before that, your conversations been with the, sco- with the scouting st- staff not with the coaching staff. Yeah. So um, 
so how it works is basically the assist, like normally the assistant coach that's kind of scouting the players at the same time. So Woody was, you know, the assistant coach. Um, but then when it got closer to, you know, the offer and me thinking about the offer, the head coach actually called me too. And, you know, he wanted to say, you know, he talked about, you know, how he sees me as a player, how he really wants me in the team and stuff. So, um, yeah, it kind of gradually goes from the scouting to the coaches and then to the head coach. Yeah. And then, you know, now it's gone from you selling yourself to them and now it's turned for them to sell themselves on you. And and I'm sure yeah. that they're pretty good at it. For sure. Um, <laughs> Did they, you feel special? Yeah, it, it was I, I like that that uh, process a lot. <laughs> it makes you, you know, you're you're really important. No, but um, it was definitely cool to see how they, you know, they they gave me like a virtual tour on my computer of the school and kind of like because I was up in Fairbanks, it wasn't really that easy for me to go down and visit the school. Yeah. So you know, they were very professional in giving me all the details about, you know, the team, the rink, the facilities um the hockey pro like the program and all of that stuff so it's it's uh they're very professional so at what point did you start actually from an academic standpoint apply uh academically and send in your college application to aic or did you do that already ahead of time so yeah that is that is the process i'll tell you that all of that yeah. stuff um and i think i started I, I think I committed verbally to the yeah. school in December. And then uh, a few weeks after that, probably in January or something after New Year's, I actually signed the con or the, the letter. Yeah. And, and um, uh, yeah, after that, it's kind of like they start sending you stuff that you have to do to kind of like you, you have to show proof of this or you have to show your financial history or you have to show um you know you have to send in your grades and then they ask you how many hours you had that class it, it was like new things every day probably for a good three or four months and so that was kind of something i did during the season and after the season um and i think i think i wasn't even done until like july or something like that at, at what point did you apply for a new because you have to apply for a new visa right because yeah. a student visa that now you're going to be on, I've got one, if they're F or I, I don't know, uh, the 30 F1. years for me. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah. so how um, did you, how, how did that, of course it was good that it was a year or yeah, you know, year after COVID, but still everything was log jammed and not yeah. flowing smooth. So my coach, my assistant coach actually warned me ahead of time that, you know, I should start looking already for like a embassy time for the visa. I think he told me that in like February and I don't think I got it. I think my time at the embassy in Copenhagen for the visa was actually in July. So, you know, I tried to get a time in February and I got it in July. So it was still very busy, even though it was a year after COVID. But you keep on playing, you keep on working out, and then all of a sudden, here comes in the mail in a big brown envelope. Here yeah. it is, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you go. I went to the embassy. I had my meeting and everything, you know, gave them my passport. And so they can put the visa in, and then they just send it home through post. And 
got it there. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> now let's let's talk about life as a college student athlete, right? A little mm -hmm. bit different. You're in your second year now. Um, and like I said before, you got three or is it four or five Swedes on the team? We're even more. We're this year, I think we're eight Swedes. Oh, <laughs> I, I yeah. remember being a bunch of them and yeah. uh, which is which is unique. But um, and you're in Massachusetts, a little bit different than Alaska. Mm -hmm. uh, and what's the closest um, talk about the, the the town city where you're in? How How far are you from major cities in Massachusetts? So yeah, I live in Springfield, uh, Massachusetts, um, and we're like an hour and a half away from Boston. Um, but that trip is very dependent on traffic. It can take you three hours. It can take you an hour and a half. So, um, are you south? Then, are you south of of the city? Uh, we're kind of, we're like west. So if you have Boston here, it's kind of like over here. So, yeah. um, and then we're about three hours from New York. Um, so we're, we're kind of in, you know, a pretty good spot in Massachusetts when it comes yeah. to like those, uh, the big cities. So when you're going, when you went there this fall, after being home in Sweden this summer, did you fly into Boston or did you yeah. fly? Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if you flew New York or, or, or Boston. Boston is definitely the best option. Uh, yeah. there's good flights with good connecting flights. And then, uh, you know, it's only like an hour and a half drive to Springfield. Yeah. So uh, talk about academics a little bit. You were in the in the in nature science or in the science field in with your with your uh, gymnasium in Sweden. Did you study at all when you were in Fairbanks? Did you take any classes? Yeah. So I, I started taking uh, online classes uh, the second half of the se uh, season. And uh, yeah, so it was like, yeah, four classes I think I had. Through AIC or somewhere else? Uh, it was like, it was kind of weird with, because I, I didn't really have a student visa. So yeah. it was hard for me to get access to be able to study these online classes. So it was through like an online university that didn't demand uh, a visa. Okay. Was that prerequisites or was that classes that you, was part of the curriculum already? So those those classes, uh, the AIC talked to me and kind of told me what what classes would you know transfer over to AIC. Yep. So that's kind of how I chose my classes. Okay. <clears throat> so what? So, um, so what's your? Have you declared a major already? Yeah. So I'm in economics and finance. Okay. Which is not easy either. But how do you compare? You know, we, we talked to several people about you know. Swedish university versus college in in the US and it's more like high school in the in the setup that you go you take classes you go to practice it's, it's not too different than hockey gymnasium from a structure standpoint but the level is of course a little bit different mm. but how do you um so how was it for you coming in your freshman year to go okay now you're on campus and now you're having to take classes um yeah as you said it's kind of similar to the hockey gymnasium so i feel like i i got into it pretty quick because i've i've done it before if that makes sense yeah um obviously it was a little different because i hadn't been in school for like two years or something yep. like that um but yeah it's you know um it's kind of different from swedish universities 
Um, because here it's more like you pick it's kind of it's not only the major like you're so I'm in finance, right? And it's not only like finance classes I need to take. It's you know, there's gen general education classes, there's arts class you have to take. So it's more like you pick your own classes that goes into the education, but you can take it at different times. Well, so you really haven't had any finance classes yet, even in the second year, right? Well, they, they've started to come in more and more. Uh, but it's like I've, I've tried to, you know, narrow through the finance classes and then the others at the same time. So I don't have all my major classes at the end of the, you know, uh, my college um, years. And then, you know, so I don't I've, I've tried to have it kind of half half. So far. yeah, yeah. No, and that's smart. That's smart. But I, I'm not surprised that you, you know, I think that for Swedes, the reason I'm, I asked that question, I think for for Swedes that are worried about college and academics, um, if you've done well in gymnasium, you will do well in 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 U.S. college or university studies. Uh, plus, yeah. you also have. I'm I'm assuming you also have a. Um, access to advisors, academic advisors and study help and stuff like that as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So <clears throat> talk about the hockey now, uh, NCAA D one. I mean, you guys are playing, um, how would you describe, I know you got different division or different, um, conferences within NCAA D one, but how is AIC, because I know it wasn't too long ago you went to the um, went to the playoffs or the, the national championship um, mm -hmm. playoffs, right? So yeah, it, it's not you're not pl playing at a low level. No, it's yeah, as you said, like I'm uh, at ASC and we're we're normally one of the top teams uh, when it comes to going far in the playoffs and stuff. Um, I think before last season. AIC has been in the national uh, tournament um, four years in a row. Um, so it's definitely a, a strong team for sure. Yeah. And what's it like, I mean, being a student, of course, if you were at UMass, right, um, hockey is big in UMass too, but mm -hmm. basketball is much bigger or even football is bigger than 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 hockey. But, you know, What's it like being a college sports student athlete there? I mean, you get treated pretty nice. Yeah, it's uh, we get really good treatment for sure. It's like we have everything we could need. Um, and you're kind of not uh, treating, they're not really treating you as a, um, as a student, more as a, a professional um, when it comes to that stuff. So no, it's, we're getting really good treatment for sure. How would you describe so if you since you've been at the hockey gymnasium for the big clubs, Lean Shopping Malma, J20 National, and then you've been at the Nall and now you're in, in college? What are the differences? Not um, hockey wise, but how are you treated and finances and you know um, mm -hmm. um well going from I would say going from J J twenty national uh to the null, I would say you definitely get treated better in Sweden in J twenty if you're in the big clubs. Yeah. Um in shopping at Malmo, we got treated exceptionally well. Like, you know, like the pro team 
almost um, with, you know, with sticks and with, you know, the financing and everything like that. But then when you come to the null, it's kind of different because it obviously, you know, you get good treatment, but it's not at that same level as in Sweden. So, yeah. uh, but then kind of when you switch over to college, that's when you kind of go back to this, what we had in Sweden with getting, you know, really good treatment, you know, the financing, the equipment, the food, everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a, uh, what I'm trying to paint a picture for those who are listening or watching on YouTube is it's pretty nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. You have to work and you have to put in the, in the hours and you have to do really well financially. I mean, uh, uh, academically, but being a college athlete is probably, you're going to look back and say, that was the best time of my life uh, is being in college. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I mean, it's, as you said, you get treated well, you, uh, they help you with, you know, everything you need. And, you know, we still have the time to have, you know, some fun too. Yeah. And, you know, it's definitely going to be, um, you know, memories for life for sure. Well, especially with eight Swedes there, uh, that's kind of weird. Uh, it's a little yeah. community for sure. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we, you, uh, your English is you, 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 yeah. you're, you're not lacking on the English. So that's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say like, yeah, it's, it, we kind of have a bad habit of just talking Swedish to each other all the time because <laughs> then they can affect our English. But uh, the Americans and the Canadians, you know, they always give us stick for talking Swedish. So we're trying to we're trying to talk as much English as we can. too. yeah, well, this has been great. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on. I, I hope that this is educational for people that are listening and and uh, and um, we can help people kind of paint a picture of what it's like and how to get there. It's not easy to get to NCAA D1. It's not easy to get to, to North American Hockey League and stay in there. You've done exceptionally well. Uh, you've been a you know, top, you were the top scorer in, in the, in the team and in the null and one of the top scorers in <clears throat> on, on the AIC team as well. Uh, two more things. So, so you're 22 now, right? Yeah. What would you, you met yourself 17. So what, what would you tell yourself advice if you sat there on the bench or in the locker room and said, let me, let me give you a piece of advice that I wish I had that I didn't know then that I know now gone through this journey, what would you tell yourself? Um, well, I would tell myself that, you know, if you get an opportunity, take it and don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone. Cause you know, going out of my comfort zone is what's given me this opportunity for, and it's an opportunity for that a lot of people dream of. Yeah. All right. Last thing, we've got a partnership with target aid, target aid.com. And we have a, presence there on target aid target aid's a fundraising platform so we're trying to help um primarily swedish clubs to get attention and we have a um this project called uh, the team of my dreams or uh, so your every guest is going to have a little uh spot under the swedish junior hockey podcast mm -hmm. uh section there what team is the team in your heart well I would say it has to be my my uh, hometown team, Lynn Shopping. Still, even though you know it didn't work out for me as I would have wanted it, it's still you know the team in my heart for sure. Awesome. Well, we will make sure um, that 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 gets mentioned, and hopefully, we can create a story for content that they can share. Um, 
and for people to kind of um, go in, follow you, follow the team. I think it, you've got a really interesting journey. Uh, another prop to Mike McCarthy with Future Stars Academy or uh, Future Stars Showcase there. Um, I think that they are this this will be released probably first week of January. Um, we've got a few in in the hopper here. And um, if you're looking at just go to Future Stars Hockey on, and Google it, you'll find Mike McCarthy and Bjorn Bierling who run some awesome camps. And if you're interested in going kind of the North American uh, route, whether it's NCDC or North American Hockey League or US, um, USHL, um, you probably want to have some conversations with Mike. I've had those myself and and just a great guy and uh, huge props to him and what they're doing and been really impressed with uh, the product that they've been able to kind of concentrate to kind of funnel in there. Um, you want to say anything about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you for sure. If if any, you know, younger players are listening to this right now, you know, if you get want to get a shot at going to North America, I should definitely, I definitely advise you to try and get in contact with uh, Mike McCarthy at Future Stars Academy and attend the, you know, the camp and, and the showcase that they have every year. Um, Cause it will definitely increase their chances for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And uh, we'll stay in touch and, and, uh, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.